You're listening to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now with your host, Jackie Koch, the podcast with all the tips and tools to help you succeed when all of a sudden you have the realization that you're the one in charge. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now. I'm your host, Jackie Koch, and today I am kicking off a five-part episode series talking about why the HR work that you're putting off is actually the secret to your scaling success. And I was inspired to do this episode because we have been putting together so much helpful stuff over at People Principles, my business, and it's coming to light very quickly how so many people and so many small business owners are making some very common, very similar, and very simple mistakes when it comes to setting up the right HR infrastructure and the right HR systems. A lot of it is avoidance. A lot of it is because you feel like you don't have time. You feel like it's something you can deal with later. You put it off. I also feel like there's two different types of experiences with HR staff. The first one is you've worked in a company and HR is like the no fun police. They let you do nothing. They are boring. It's just paperwork and it's nothing that's actually helpful. That's probably true. You've probably experienced that if you've worked in bigger companies. And then the second is that you might not even know what HR can even help you with or what it even means in your small business. You hear it said a lot, but you're like, what the hell? I know I'm supposed to like think about this, but I don't even know what this is, right? So there's like those two camps. And I want to share with you secrets and mistakes and best practices for setting some very simple things up well so that your business is protected. You have peace of mind at night, so you're not sitting here worrying and reeling on if you're doing it right. And a lot of these practices that we're going to talk about over the next five episodes are going to help you set up the foundation for a great employee experience. And that is why you're scaling a team, right? Is so that they have a good experience so that your business grows. The more happier and the more productive and the more efficient your team is, the more your business will scale. I feel like you can't afford not to do this stuff. You want to grow your team, you got to do these things. And it's such a disappointment to me when I realize that HR partners in bigger companies have oftentimes not been effective at helping you see why this is important. And mentors and business coaches, they also don't always give you the best advice. It's well-intentioned, but sometimes it just misses the mark a little bit. And honestly, I have an MBA. I didn't learn any of the stuff I'm going to talk to you about in my MBA programs. I even got a degree in HR. I learned nothing about these things that I'm going to tell you about. So it's like, where do you learn it? Through trial and error, through making mistakes and being like, oh crap, I didn't realize this. I'm going to help you not have those mistakes. That is what this episode series is hopefully going to do for you. I already did this, but if you're listening to the show, you might find yourself in one of these four areas as you're thinking about HR. And so the first is like, where do I even start? It's so overwhelming. It's also so confusing. You can't Google what to set up for my HR and get helpful information. It doesn't exist. So you're like, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know what to do. And then the second is there's payroll, there's benefits, there's compliance, there's performance reviews, there's hiring. It's all just so freaking much. And you're not an expert in that. And you don't need to be, candidly. You don't need to be. Or you might find yourself 
I think, and that's with air quotes if you're listening and not watching my video, I think in italics lettering that I'm handling these things well as they come up, but I don't know. Or the third or the fourth, which is probably most of you, is I don't have time to fully understand this. I don't have time to dig into it. I'll deal with it once I'm bigger. I'll deal with it later. I don't have the time. It's just like anything. When you don't have the time, it's like nagging on your to-do list of, I know I got to do that. Oh my gosh. Hopefully nothing comes up this week that gets me in trouble. Or it's always there taking up energy and space, knowing that you have to deal with it later. And I can say that because I have dealt with that with my accounting and finance. It's like always in the back of my brain, taking up space and energy that I needed to get that on track. And I kept putting it off because I was like, oh, I'll worry about later. I'll worry about it later. And it just got to the point where later wasn't ever going to come. And so I had to just decide that today was later. And so you might find yourself in one of those situations. But I want you to know that my goal by the end of this episode series is that you feel confident with baseline knowledge of what you need to do and what can wait. And you know your risk area. So you just like know and you're intentionally making choices. Because the thing I hate seeing the most is entrepreneurs who are like, I just didn't even know. And they're making these unintentional mistakes, which is all the time. They're like, I just didn't know because there's nowhere for them to find out. And I don't want that to be you. And by the end of the series, hopefully that is not you. You can get out of the weeds with the proper resources. This stuff doesn't have to take a lot of time, I promise you. It might take a little bit of time up first, but once it's running, it's done. It's set it and forget it. You have systems. It can be easy and not take up a lot of time if you have some support along the way. You also can know exactly how to handle situations that arise. You can feel confident that you can figure it out and that every time something new comes up, you know what to do. So you're not instantly like a deer in headlights. What do I do? You can at least be like, I know enough to know what to go do. So that gives me a little bit more confidence that I'm going to figure it out and not make me freak out when that notice comes in the mail from the state, when an employee asks for a raise over a weekend, when you get a note in the mail about benefits going up, or when you yada, yada, yada. There's a million things, right? I want you to at least be able to be like, all right, I know a little bit about this. I don't need to freak out because I get freak out texts from my friends who are business owners about stuff that is so simple that I can just answer. Or I get freak out emails and texts from my clients about things that are not that important. And once I educate them on it, the next time they get it, they're not worried about it right? That's how I want you to be at the end of this. And then I also want you to feel a little bit more confident that your business is protected, that you're doing things right, that you're setting things up right. So that again, you can get that little nagging thing off your shoulder. I wanted to explain an assessment. You can plot yourself on this quadrant essentially of where you stand. Because you're listening to this or watching this, at least if you're listening, you're not going to have a little pop-up of what this is. But I want to describe this people strategy assessment. And this is what we do with our clients. And this is how we explain where you want to be. And so if you think about the horizontal axis, right, that is confident. It ranges from having low confidence to high confidence. And then the vertical axis is awareness. So you can have low awareness and high awareness. So confidence is really your trust in being able to do something is how I'm going to define confidence for sake of this assessment. Awareness is you understand what you're doing. (laughs) You're aware of things, right? And you can have low awareness and high awareness, just like you can have low confidence and high confidence. And as you're thinking about this 90 degree angle of these two axes connecting, there's low confidence meets up with low awareness. So if you have low confidence and low awareness, you're just like stuck. You don't have the confidence that you know what you're doing. So you're like not going to go out and try. You're too scared. 
And if you have low awareness, you're also probably not going to go out and do anything because you're not even aware that you should or what you should do, right? So you're like stuck. You're stuck in not having your business protected or scaling or what have you. You're just stuck. You might be high on confidence. I see this a lot with entrepreneurs. God bless you. You have so much confidence, which is why you're doing your own thing. Kudos. So you have all of this confidence. You're like, I got this. I can do it. I'm running. But you don't know anything. You're unaware right? So you have low awareness and high confidence that puts you in a very vulnerable position because you're out there doing shit, making decisions, moving, building a team, hiring fast, firing slow or vice versa. And you're vulnerable because you don't have the awareness to know how you should be doing those things, how you should be crafting it, how you should be setting up yourself all of those things. So your business is in a vulnerable place. Now you might be low confidence and high awareness. So you might know what you need to do, but the confidence is not there. And I see this happen a lot when somebody has something big or major happen with somebody on their team. They get a lawsuit. Their best employee quits. They hire a terrible person. The list goes on and their confidence is like really diminished. But they know because they've been through it. They know what they should have been doing. High insight's always twenty twenty, right? And this puts you in like a jaded category. You're like, nope, not doing that again. Not going to do that. Bad experience. Everybody's terrible. All employees are evil. They never work out the way they're supposed to. You're like jaded. Maybe you haven't been jaded and you're just like low on confidence and high in awareness and that's just you're scared. So I feel like you're either like jaded or scared because you've heard all the horror stories of everybody else. So you're like scared to do it. And those three, jaded, vulnerable, and stuck, are horrible places to be running a business. They are putting your business at risk. They are not protecting your business. And where you want to be is highly confident and highly aware of what you should be doing. And when you are confident in your ability to figure it out and what you can do, and you're an entrepreneur, so you probably have a lot of confidence, and you know what you should be doing, that is where your business is safeguarded. You have systems in place that reinforce the behaviors you want, the culture you want. It covers your ass, essentially. Like when you're safeguarded, your ass is a little bit more protected and covered when, God forbid, something bad happens. And so as you're thinking about the people strategy assessment I just went over, think about where you are on that. And there's no shame in where you are. It's just becoming very aware of that. And so you can decide, hey, I don't want to be here anymore. Everyone talks about how important it is to build a team and it's the only way to scale. And I don't want to be jaded anymore. I don't want to be stuck anymore. I realize that my business is probably vulnerable and that is not a good feeling, right? So just think about where you are on that and decide, do you want to be different? Because you can. And that's probably why you're listening to the show if you're still here, right? You're listening to this podcast because you want to be in a different position. You want to be a confident leader. You want to be a confident boss. And so just take a minute to reflect on that. And then I'm going to go into the four common mistakes. People put this shit off. Four reasons you avoid this. Four reasons you don't set up the HR strategy, right? I kind of already went into some, like you don't know what you don't know. So there's one. And I don't even know if that's a mistake. That's just like a reality of growing a business. You can't possibly know everything. It's just not going to be the case. And so just accepting that. But then once you start doing stuff, here are some of the mistakes that I see people make. Real quick, do you ever find yourself listening along to this and being like, well, shit, I wonder if I'm doing everything right from a legal and compliance perspective. 
Now, I've said this a lot, but I'm not an attorney, so nothing I share is legal advice. But over the last 15 years, I've worked with a lot of employment attorneys on a lot of different things related to people in HR. So I've learned a thing or two about helping a business stay compliant with the people stuff and implement some of the best practices so you can cover your ass, which is why I'm so excited about a free compliance and best practices checklist we've created over at my company, People Principles. It literally walks you step-by-step how to conduct an HR audit similar to what we do when we onboard new clients. So go grab your free copy over at peopleprinciples.co and you'll see it right there on the homepage. Now back to the show. And I'm going to give you some examples of how this has shown up with clients. So the first is not leveraging HR technology. There are so many HR platforms specifically that help with payroll and managing your team that are so inexpensive. It it boggles my mind that people are not using it. And it's because they don't even know it exists. I've mentioned this so many times on the show, but if this is your first time listening to me or you're watching me here, HR platforms and technology that I'm specifically talking about right now for small business owners is a payroll and HR management system. So that's like Rippling or Gusto are two of the ones that I'm most familiar with and also the most common. And what these systems allow you to do is process payroll very simply, literally takes you five minutes. It's the easiest way to process payroll. If your accounting team is telling you it's taking them five hours a week to process payroll, you are overpaying for payroll. I promise you. Sorry, accountants listening to the show, but get on board with using these tools because they are so simple. I don't know why you wouldn't want to use these tools. They allow you to set up time off request policies so that people can request time off. You can track it. You can set up different policies for that. They allow you to track all of your employees' data in one place. They create pay stubs that employees can log in and get on their own. There's a place you can put handbooks and policies so that employees can reference those. There's ways for you to have employees clocking in and clocking out in a system that isn't on an honor system on a Google spreadsheet. There's so many benefits to using these tools, and a lot of them will help you stay compliant with things. If you're doing something incorrectly, a lot of the time, I'm not going to say all the time because it is not true, a lot of the time it's going to flag, hey, this doesn't seem right. You might want to double check this. They'll notify you of new things coming out in the state legislation and stuff where you have employees of, hey, California has this new policy where regarding harassment training, and it looks like you have to do it. Here's some options for you. So it helps you stay compliant. It can help so much. And so an example of this is I have a client who has five employees and she's in California and she needed an HR consultant because she cares a lot about doing it right, which I'm so inspired and love that about her. And what we did was we did an HR audit. I do this with every client we onboard. I'm like, okay, I need to know the types of employees you have. How are they paid? What are their job duties? All of the information, right? And so she sends it over to me in a Google sheet and I quickly find out that there's some misclassification issues. And what I mean by that is, and I'll go into this in a little bit more detail in another example, but she's classifying people as exempt salaried, meaning they get paid a salary and they're not eligible for overtime, but she's not paying them high enough in the state of California to do that. So I'm like, ooh, shit, we have to change all of these people to become hourly employees. I'm like, crap, I have to be the deliverer of bad news for this. So I did. She also was tracking time off requests in a Google sheet and it was never up to date. It wasn't on pay stubs, which is required in the state of California. And there were some other things that I knew the software would help solve. 
So we implemented Gusto for her and it's taken a little bit of adjusting. There's some tweaks that aren't awesome about it, like some of the UI and some of the ways you have to set things up are not as user friendly as just being able to like override things, which is a bummer, but also everything else it gives you is so much better. And so now we've implemented that tool and she gets alerts when things are not right. And guess what? She's like, hey, Jackie, I saw this. Tell me about it. Right. So she's more in the know and aware of things. She's able to track her employees hours very easily online, approve them for payroll processing. She's able to track their time off. She's able to set a little bit more guidelines. She has a handbook in there. There's so many great things that this tool has done for her. And so we implemented that and her and I together manage it and it saves so much time. So that is not leveraging HR technology. There's a bunch of other technologies you could use. If you're doing a lot of hiring, you need an applicant tracking system. I've talked about this on the show, different technologies, but that is one of the biggest mistakes that people make. And because you're not leveraging HR technology, HR feels very cumbersome. It feels like paperwork. It feels very fucking frustrating. But if you implement some of these tools, it takes all of that stuff away. That's all automated now. There's no reason why you shouldn't be, especially if you have, I would say, three or more employees. The moment I have more employees, we're getting on one of these tools. So then the second mistake that entrepreneurs make and small business owners make is they wait to figure it out when you're bigger, whatever the hell bigger means, right? I'm going to punt this down the field. I don't need to deal with this. Now, that is a huge mistake because bigger never comes. The time never comes. Or actually, no, that's not true. Bigger arrives when you get a lawsuit slapping you in the damn face. That's when bigger shows up right? Bigger shows up when you have a big fine. And that is not when you want to arrive. You don't want to be fixing things when you're in that position. So an example I have of this is I have a client who we just wrapped up a legal case and the legal case started because there was no performance documentation process in place at her company. And she terminated some employees and they filed a claim that it was due to a discrimination reason. And she was in a lawsuit for almost two years. If there would have been proper documentation of like, we had this conversation, they knew it, they were given time, all of these things, that would have probably resolved the lawsuit so much quicker. She realized that after the fact, right? When I would talk to her, she'd be like, I know I should have done that. I know she had a lot of shame around it. She had a lot of guilt around it. She didn't need to. Every business does this. I've seen this happen a million times. She just happened to be one of the unlucky ones that the time arrived that she had to deal with it with that. Instead of having an HR person, when we get hired to go into these businesses, that's kind of when we realize it. And so we can fix it before it becomes a mistake. And so you don't want to be that person. Don't wait for bigger to arrive because you're getting sued or because you have a complaint or because there's a fine. That is not the time to fix it. And if you wait too long, that is going to be what shows up. And it doesn't have to be. It can be so simple and it really breaks my heart. But people learn this the hard way. The third mistake people make is they think it's just paperwork that anyone can do. So they have their EA do it. They have somebody in operations do it. They have an intern fucking do it. Excuse my language, but I've seen that. If you can't Google and find how you're supposed to do it and you are a smart business owner, how the F do you think an executive assistant, God bless you, I love you, or an intern is going to do a better job? They're probably very smart, but it is so confusing. It is so confusing. And they do a good enough job usually. Like usually there's some fairly decent stuff in place, but some of the mistakes are so simple but hidden. Like 
they would never have known this if they hadn't been doing this for so long. And so an example of this is one of the startups I joined. They had grown to a couple hundred people. The first people they hired into the HR team, I believe I might be getting this wrong, but this is my memory of it, were people who had done recruiting but not recruiting like within an HR team. They were more like grassroots, like recruiting people on board to like volunteer and stuff like that. And so that was who they first hired because they were scaling and hiring a lot of hourly employees and they needed people to do that and set up a process for that. And they did great at that. There was some incredible processes built. But then as they got bigger in typical fashion, businesses always need recruiting help. And then all of a sudden they're like, shit, we have people. Now we need HR help. And so they had those people start to do the HR stuff. And they didn't have a background in it. They did some good things, but then there were some big misses that they didn't catch. And one of those misses was we had multiple people in similar roles. So they were supervisor roles overseeing some hourly employees. And they hired one as a non-exempt employee. So they were hired into the same role working together overseeing shifts, right? And so they hired both of them. One was paid salaried. One was paid hourly. Of course, these employees talked. They also, my pause comes from I'm trying to make sure I don't say too much, but also give enough context if you're wondering what that pause was. So long and short of it, the two employees became disgruntled about staff, the way that the business was running. It happens. Employees get disgruntled about things from time to time. They don't like decisions you're making. They don't like certain things, right? And so then they talk and they complain and they're like, so what are you making anyways? Or like, I'm not making enough to deal with this. So what are you making? And then they're like, I know, I agree. This is what I'm making. And then they're like, why are you paid hourly and get overtime and I don't? And so they end up getting a lawyer and there's a class action lawsuit filed against the company because they were misclassifying people. And these roles should have been most likely non-exempt, so paid hourly and eligible for overtime. And for multiple years, they were not paying everybody that way. They were not tracking clock in and clock out. They were not tracking meals and rest breaks. And that class action lawsuit, I don't know how it ended, but I do know I got phone calls three years after I left that company and they were still dealing with it. And so it doesn't seem like it's a big deal to have somebody giving you proper guidance when you're early. But here is an example of how they passed it off to well-meaning people who did really great things in the company, but had some big blind spots that they didn't know and caused problems. I'm not blaming everything on those people. That is not my intention. It's just an example of how that stuff slips through the cracks when you don't have an expert helping you along the way. It's a mistake that a lot of you are making. And so I want you to hear about these so that you stop making them. And then the last mistake that gets made is, I love you small business owners, but you think that accountants are going to help you stay out of trouble. You think that accountants know your HR requirements. A lot of them know basics, but a lot of them don't. And they are not trained in HR stuff. So they're not going to alert you if you're out of compliance a lot of times because they don't even know. An example I have of this is I had a client who was paying their employees a salary and they were not getting paid overtime. And the salary was half of what they were required to pay them for a salary. And they had been doing it forever and their accountant didn't catch it. How the accountant didn't know that you have to pay a certain threshold is a little bit crazy to me, but I also get it. They're not trained on these things, right? She was out of compliance on this for a long time, paying her accountant thinking that 
her accountant was going to tell her, right? You can't rely on them to give you HR advice when they don't go through HR training. That would be like having your doctor give you dentist advice and they don't know about teeth enamel, right? And so those are four mistakes that are so common that I want to highlight. Those are four ways that you're putting off figuring this stuff out the right way. And to figure this stuff out now and early, you could avoid so many of these problems, right? It doesn't mean you have to run out and hire a full-time HR person. It just means you got to know some of the basics. And guess what? I'm going to tell you that. I'm going to give you some of these basics as we go through this episode. And so tomorrow, what we're going to go over is what you actually need to think about. What are the things you actually need to know? What are the risky areas? What are the things that need to be set up? We're going to start to dive into that. So I am so grateful that you have joined here and I know that you've definitely probably found yourself sitting in one of these seats where you're like, ooh, and I'm not here to scare you. I guess I just scared you and I didn't mean to make you feel like this is all unfixable. This is all fixable. But until you know what you need to fix, you can't fix it, right? So we're going to fix it together. You're going to learn and it's not going to be scary. And you're going to be one of the small business owners that feels confident at night that you're doing it right because you're going to be. And I'm really excited to be the one to help you do that. So we will talk more tomorrow. And thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you're feeling inspired and ready to take things up a notch in your business. And just wanted to remind you that if you want access to the tools, strategies, and guidance you need, our on-demand HR program might be perfect for you. Say goodbye to corporate HR rules because hello, that's not how I roll here if you've listened to a few episodes. And say hello to straightforward, actionable advice designed just for your small business and actually for you individually because you get unlimited email and DM access to our team, including me. It's like having your own HR consultant on speed dial. So don't wait. Take your small business to the next level with our on-demand program at peopleprinciples.co forward slash on-demand. We're here to support you every step of the way of building and leading and managing your team. Thanks for being a part of our community and we'll see you in the next episode.